Welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube, wore a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max Headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land and welcome to another totally awesome episode of the Pop Ninja Podcast. I'm Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of South Louisiana and joining me over Zoom from her bed and breakfast in the great state of Pennsylvania is my co-host, Miss Lisa Everett. Hey, Lisa. Hey, bro. How's it go? Doing Let's good. Do this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of movies, some TV shows, a couple of bands, and some other awesome 70s and 80s stuff. So hop in the DeLorean, and let's take a trip back in time. Cool. But let's make yeah. one small pit stop and play yeah. a quick round of 70s movie uh, quote trivia. Cool. You ready to play? Let's do it. Yeah, I want to play. I hope All right, so play. this is quotes again, and all these movies are from the uh, 70s, all right? 70s? Yep. 70s no no 80s no 80s okay all right okay. so the first one here's your quote i love the smell of napalm in the morning uh, um um is it apocalypse now yes it is okay it's from 1979 okay all right ready for another yep. yep i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take this anymore Yeah, give me another clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's about television. About television? It's about television. Broadcast news? Or, no, that's not 80s. That's not 70s. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, um, how does hell am I going to take it anymore? Uh, give me another clue. Come on. It's about news. The news. Uh, and 70s. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, it's from 1976. It's Network. Oh, I never saw it. Never saw it. That's not fair. It's not fair if I never saw it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. One more. One more quote. Yeah. Don't give me any weird, obscure like I, I never saw before uh, movie or TV well, I don't show. Know everything only, you saw. You're the you're the only one that's ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Fredo. Yep. Fredo. It's the Godfather. Godfather Part Two. Yep. Okay, Part Two. Nineteen Seventy Four. Okay. Is that it? All right. Yeah, that was it. Good. I'm gonna have to come up with Good some job. for you. Yeah. Good. What job. happened? Aren't we making a, a, a trivia game? Are we still doing that? Someday, yeah. Okay, someday. Oh, okay. hey, I wanna I wanna mention something. Uh, about an hour ago, I was reading an article. It was from uh, Me TV. I don't know if you know uh -huh. that channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was on their website. They had a, a cool article. Uh. I know you and I have been watching the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. And yeah. In fact, uh, that was one of your topics a few episodes back. Yeah. But uh, they had an article on there. 
And it was talking about Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, which came out in uh, 1977 on ABC. And it listed, uh, it was talking about how Sean Cassidy and Pamela Sue Martin, back then when that show was on, he was kind of like the Justin Bieber of today. And she was like the Selena Gomez. They were real popular among all the kids. And the kids had all their posters and records yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they were just kind of making a, a, a comparison of them. But uh, I'm going to read you real quick. Here's five facts they had about that show. Okay. Okay. First, it said that uh, Sean Cassidy lost his first Hollywood audition to Ron Howard. And that was for the kid in the movie, The Shootist. That was one of uh, John, that was John Wayne's final movie. Okay. And uh, second thing, it said that ja Jamie uh, Lee Curtis auditioned to play Nancy Drew. And lost. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, the third thing, wow. uh, it says once the shows started crossing over and had all the characters combined instead of, you know, like you would watch it, it would just be the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. When they did the crossovers, it said Pamela Sue Martin quit. Oh. It said she, she didn't like it anymore because she wanted the spotlight on herself on her mm -hmm. show because uh -huh. of how popular Sean Cassidy was. It wasn't fair, she thought, you know to have to share oh. the spotlight with him and uh, oh. and with the other actors. And, and so uh, she just got tired of it and she quit. She quit. She, they weren't even on that long because I, she was replaced by Janet Julian. Oh, I, I don't different, know. Different actors. But what episodes did you watch? Like you uh, said, you just like them? the first few. Did you, did you watch that first one where they're at the, at the uh, haunted mansion? And it's yeah, like that was a restaurant? Cool. Yeah. I like I, that. I, I, I want to open one of them. <laughs> that's like, I, that's like my dream. I would be like, that would be so cool. Cause that thing was so neat. Like that they went in and like went through a maze and all that stuff. But then afterwards they ate, um, they ate dinner there. Cause Sean Cassie was sitting in there waiting yeah, like for burgers and fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name to show up with um, the, his wallet, you know, and yeah. the, and the, um, and the and the waiter and the waitresses were like they the the one waiter was that like Frankenstein and then the waitress they were all dressed up like monsters yeah and I thought and it, I mean, it wasn't even like it was really Halloween it was just um it was just that was the theme of that that restaurant and I thought right. that's the coolest restaurant ever that's what I want to do yeah that'd be so much fun you know but it's out in Hollywood and stuff too so you know but I don't know if it would go over so swell. <laughs> you know around here but yeah but for me it would i thought that was the coolest thing and then i watched a episode of um nancy drew with the lighthouse did you see did you watch that one not yet oh okay i mean i've seen them all when they originally aired i just i'm just revisiting Are you, okay so you're just doing hardy boys you're not going back and forth like going through one at a time like you're doing all hardy boys then do nancy drew because they the set was um together yeah they were all together yeah but she didn't do that many episodes, so she I don't even know how many episodes are on there. I watched maybe two or three in a row, like on a they're fun to watch like on a rainy, sunny a Sunday afternoon. Not a rainy sunny, but a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love them. So but um yeah, she never went on to do anything after that though, except well, I guess she did. She went on to do Dynasty. Honestly, yes, she yeah. did. But yeah, but I don't yeah. think she lasted on there there because there was two Fallons and I'm not sure, but yeah, I think she I'm going to say something about her here. Okay. But, uh, number four was that Sean Cassidy earned $15,000 an episode. That's all he was paid. But it said he made seven figures from the merchandise royalties off that show. They made, wow. you know, watches, lunchboxes, pajamas, uh, just all kind of stuff. And then yeah. uh, the last thing I was going to say is after. Uh, after I have Pullen, the lunchbox. 
after playing three seasons on Dynasty, uh, Pamela Sue Martin quit Hollywood completely and uh, says she started touring America in a, a Volkswagen mini bus, her and her son just kind of started living a hippie lifestyle. Like, yeah, she just got tired of uh, acting. Are you ready to talk about movies? Sure. What's your uh, movie? Well, I want to start off by talking about a movie from 1981 and it's a movie directed by Walter Hill, who is a very famous director. And you've probably seen some of the movies that uh, he directed. Uh, he directed the warriors, 48 hours, streets of fire, red heat. You see any, any of those? I saw Streets of Fire and okay. um, what's the second one you said? 48 no. Hours. 48 Hours, yep. Yeah. Well, he yeah, directed all these. He's a very, very famous director. Uh, and I'm talking about the thriller Southern Comfort. Have you ever seen this? No, it's a thriller? Okay. It will show you as much about survival as deliverance. As much about human courage as Midnight Express. As much about armed conflict as Apocalypse Now. The bayous of Louisiana, the home of a little understood group of Americans. They're a peaceful people as long as they're left alone. The National Guard on weekend maneuvers. In 48 hours, they'll be home with their families. There's only one problem. We live back in here. This is our home. They've crossed the boundary into a territory where they don't belong. We ran into some people that are real weird, and I think maybe they're trying to kill us. They violated laws that never knew existed. Somebody figure out where the hell we're going and do it quick. Gotta go east to go north. Damn man. And the farther they go, the closer they get to nowhere. I'm gonna do it. But I'm gonna fight my way out of here. Southern Comfort. It's the land of hospitality, unless you don't belong there. All right. Well, there's okay. two, two things I want to say about this movie that makes it one I love very much, okay? Number one, it takes place in the swamps of Louisiana, where I'm from. Uh-huh. And number two, it's about the Louisiana Army National Guard, which I'm a veteran of. And it's, it's almost like I could have been a character in this film, all right? Okay, now I got to watch it. So if you watch this movie, look look for me out there, okay? Yeah. I, I'm one of the soldiers out in the swamp, all right? <laughs> You're one of the swamp people, okay? <laughs> so the movie stars, it's got an all-star cast. It's got Keith Carradine, Powers Booth, Fred Ward, Peter Coyote, and just a whole bunch of other great actors. And uh, at one, one of its features... Uh, is it has the, one of the biggest character actors of the 80s. And this is uh, Brian James. I don't know if you know who he is. He sadly, he's no longer with us. But in the 80s, if you went to a video store and you grabbed any five videos off the shelf, okay, he's probably yeah. going to be in three of them, all right? I mean, yeah. he's that, that huge of a character actor. I never heard of him. What, can you name one other movie he was in besides this? Yeah. Let's see. You can't remember. You can't think of nothing. No, I can think of, and everything. Hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> I can think of a bunch, but I'm wet. What? Hell comes to Frogtown. 
Hell comes, to Hell comes to Frog Town. Town. No, okay. we'll, we'll review that movie another time. <laughs> he was in the one with uh, Bruce Willis where he was in space. What was the name uh, of that one with Lilo? He, he died. Yeah, he was one of the replicants in Blade Runner. Uh, he played in Red Scorpion, The Fifth Element. On IMDb, he has over 170 credits. He also appeared in just about every TV show we watched growing up. Oh, Brian James. Yeah, he spells it B-R-I-O-N, Brian. B-R-I-O-N, oh, I, I never heard of him. You'll see him. When you see him, you'll say, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. Brian James. Oh, I, I know who he, Oh, yeah. my God, he's, he, yes. he's done in everything. He was in... Um, Oh my God, he was in. Uh, oh no, it was Tango and Cash. That's a lot of B was. movies, like Tango like, and Cash. Yeah, Tango and Cash. Yeah. I mean, this guy had an amazing career, but uh, he, he plays yeah. one of the Cajuns. But uh, anyway, the story was about the Louisiana Army National Guard, and and they're doing some combat training deep mm -hmm. out in the in the swamps. Okay, and this is in deep Cajun country, like way south Louisiana. Okay, and long story short, they decide. But they see some uh, Cajuns in a P-Row out there in the swamp fishing, all right? And the, the Army guys decide to kind of prank them. So they're going to shoot at them with blanks in their guns and try to scare them, okay? Uh -huh. Well, I mean, the number one rule of the South here is you don't mess with Cajuns, all right? That's okay. the number one rule. <laughs> so okay. uh, the Cajuns think they're actually being shot at, Okay. Well, they got deer rifles and shotguns and stuff in their P-Rows, so they open fire on the army, and they start killing some of the soldiers. And, I mean, here, here's the soldiers with all blanks in their weapons because they're, on, they're only out there on, on uh, you know, training exercises, so they don't have real ammunition with them at all. They just got blanks. So now the Cajuns, they're uh, like all the other Cajuns in the swamps, you know, they're all kin and stuff. They, they've got each other's backs. So all these families are coming to their rescue and uh, they declare war on the army that's out in the swamp. And, uh, and they're determined not to let any of the soldiers get out of the swamp alive. All right. So yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't mess with the Cajuns, but, uh, and it's crazy how they can film a movie like this deep in the swamps and nobody gets attacked by an alligator or bitten by a snake or poisonous spider or, or you know like we we're talking in an earlier uh, episode about the quicksand and stuff yeah and the, the louisiana backwaters it's a very very dangerous place so i don't see how they filmed it you know i mean just yeah. i'd like to see a documentary on the making of this ju just to see how they got their uh, camera equipment and their crew and all that out to these locations yeah. and, and how they actually film like did they have like a sniper looking for alligators, you know, just, I bet keep, they do. I, I bet mean, they it, do. It had to be crazy, like a nightmare to just to film this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, well, like, yeah. Cause you see like mo other movies like that and they, they walk, they have to walk through water and they get leeches on them and stuff like that. And yeah. They think, yeah. They, sometimes they really happen. <laughs> so I, I'd like to see all the, uh, the dangers and the, just the stuff they went through to make this movie, but you've never seen this. No, uh, -uh. nope. Very no, well, movie. it's another guy movie, like a, but it does sound pretty, um, like intense. Yeah, like yeah, it's some, very intense. Yeah, no, I have to look it up. Is it is it on like Blu-ray or any of that stuff? Yes, it did is. they do it? Is any special features on it? Like the, I'm not sure. Um, do you have it? I don't have the Blu-ray, but I'm I'm not sure about the special features. I love to see DVD? special yeah. features. Yeah, I have the DVD. 
Well, he died. He was only 54 years old when he died. You talk about Brian James? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bummer. Yes, I know, knew exactly who he was, like you said. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that that I, um, yeah, as soon as I see him, I, I recognize him, but I didn't know him because he, he was, he had an um, accent. I don't, where, I don't know where he come, he, where he was from, but yeah, when he's in, he's always a bad guy. Was he a bad guy or a good guy in this? Well, it depends on how you look at the movie. Uh, kind of, you know, the ones doing all the killing are the Cajuns. So are they the bad guys? Because they were shot at first. They're just kind of protecting themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know it was blank. So who, who's the good guys in the movie and who's the bad guy? It's kind of a, a gray area. Ah. So. Uh-huh. But, but you have to watch this. It's, it's really spooky. Spooky? There's some, there's some okay. weird stuff out in the swamp. And uh, I mean, Cajuns so, they have a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, not swamp some... things, but but it's almost like a slasher movie because the Cajuns are killing, oh. these, uh, killing these army guys off, and I mean they're they're, they're taking them one by one, you know, uh-huh. out the swamp in, in different ways. Oh. So yeah, uh, I never even heard of it, never even saw a preview for it. So, yeah, but it's got an all star cast. You should check it out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I bet your husband some would probably like it. Yeah, I know. I have like a list of uh, movies that I got to get that it, ones that you have mentioned already. Like, I like Taps. I definitely, that's one. It's on my list now of ones I want to see. Yeah, I have to put Southern Comfort on my my list, which um, it has nothing to do with my movie <laughs> that I picked, but because I try to stick with the with what you're doing. But um, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. So yeah. So want, want to know about my movie? Yeah, what you got? Um, I got the uh, movie Night Shift from 1982, which I told my mom I was going to talk about it. And she's like, oh, I love that movie. She's like, we have to watch it. Did you watch it like recently? And I said, I haven't watched it recently. And I said, but I would, I love it. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite comedies, you know, and I don't, and I don't know if I really, I, I remember watching it back in the eighties, but I just within the last 10 years, I think I found a whole new appreciation for it. I think, have you seen it? I don't think I've seen this one. You've never seen think, Night Shift? I think you've okay. got me here. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, it's from 1982. It, it stars um, Henry Winkler, who's the Fawn. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, okay. And, I have and it was seen directed it. by Ryan Howard, who was Richie Cunningham. Chuck Lumley's a nice guy. Maybe too nice. And everyone knows it. time he gets to rest in peace is at the office. City morgue. Enter Bill Blazejowski. Hi, I'm your new partner. A man of vision with a mouth to prove it. This is Bill. Mission in life. Make Chuck a man. We got all that space down the morgue. All those cars, all that time at night, nobody watching us. Pimps. Are you saying we should become pimps? You and me, buddy! We're all yours, Chuck. Together, they're going to make the day pay off. All night long. Henry Winkler, Shelley Long, and Michael Keaton in Night Shift. Chuck was reluctant. There are women 
female human beings rolling around in strange beds with strange men, and we are making money from that. Is this a great country or what? Bill was out of control. This is a morgue. You're partying in a morgue. The sick world. Yeah, thank God. With Bill's head for finance and Chuck's knack for figures, everyone's got it made. There's only one minor obstacle. And it's not the Better Business Bureau. Hold on, Chuck! I'm coming, buddy! Night shift. It makes the day seem dead by comparison. I have and, seen and it, it's yes. so completely different than the TV yeah, show Happy Yeah, I do Days. remember. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing this. Okay. And, okay, and also the star is Shelley Long and Michael Keaton. Right, right. It's the first movie I ever saw Michael Keaton in. Uh, you know, I thought it was hysterical. But it's it's about this guy, um, Henry Winkler, play, plays this guy named Chuck, who it, 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 he seems to be um, going, going about this kind of boring life, working in a morgue. Right. And he's engaged to this woman who constantly is worried about her weight and dieting. She has like no time for him. And, and his just life is just kind of like going nowhere really. And so he, he ends up stuck back on the night shift at, he, at the morgue that he works at. And he meets Shelly Long. Her, her name's Belinda. Um, she's a hooker. And at the beginning of the movie, her pimp is murdered. Um, <laughs> and uh, she has to come down to the morgue to identify him. And she, and she, looks at Henry Winkler like he he's the one that like pulls the sheet back you know and um and she and and so she's looking at him and she said he looks uh he looks familiar but he's like oh you know I don't know you you know because like there's another person oh the cops with her and um and he looks at him like was she one he you know he one of her customers or something but um she's like I don't he, he didn't recognize her but they you find out that she she's his next door neighbor you know, so um, and then because there's another because there's a scene like right after that where um, I guess there's some noise going on over there and his girlfriend tells him to go over and tell him to quiet down and he, he realizes that that's her, you know, and so um, but it's like um, uh, he, the, he, he they, they there's more going on like just just with that like that with the with the working at the morgue that they bring in uh, Michael Keaton he starts working there and he's got this um I don't know if you, if you remember this or not but um he he's always coming up with some kind of random idea of things that he wants to ma help make him rich and every time he gets an idea he puts it on a tape recorder and he sa says whatever thought he has into it well he when he learns that Chuck's a hooker neighbors in need of a pimp <laughs> he conv he convinces Chuck that the two of them uh, can go in together and help an entire group of prostitutes out and, and make some extra money so and it, like through the whole thing Chuck ends up falling in love with Belinda who he thinks he's she's going to give up her job to be with him um it, the movie's like a, a total like comedy even though it doesn't seem like it should be considering like the content of it but it's really funny and and I, I if you have never seen it you should watch it it's 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 just hysterical it's like the I think it's 
pre Mr. Mom, you know, for Michael Keaton, you know, and because that's I never saw him in anything, but he was hysterical in this movie. And I love the title song, um, Night Shift. I don't know if you remember it. It's by Quarter Flash. I remember Quarter Flash, yeah. they did like harden my heart and take me to heart right but i remember if you look it up i if, if you've never heard this song i love this song it's like it's my favorite song that quarter flash does and it's the thing it's the it's the um you know it's the beginning of the movie so um i i i, I love it it's it's a it's it's like one it's like up there with like mr mom and like tootsie and like some of these like you know comedies that like kind of um you know they they were like I, like I just watched Arthur today and I think of it of, of, along the lines of that, you know what I mean? Like they, they were big, you know, for a comedy, you know what I mean? Like, um, because the, 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 the whole storyline was pretty, pretty good too. But yeah, it's like, um, I don't know how much I should t say about it, you know, um, but um, people should just watch it. Just give it a shot. Yeah, let them yeah. watch it. Yeah, let them watch it. So yeah. Do you you have any memories? Did I stir any memories in your head about it? <laughs> yeah, I just remember Henry Winkler being in it. He was really popular at that time because it was right yeah, off of but a, he's like completely different. He doesn't yeah. see. See, when you see Henry Winkler in stuff as an actor, like in movies, he's nothing like the Fonz. He's right. like so like um, laid back. And there's like this this scene, like there's several scenes with this dog that is always chasing him. And he's always like trying to run to his apartment uh, to get his key in the door before the dog like attacks him. And every time I see that, the dog always has a hard time like running down the hallway because it, it starts slipping and sliding and, and like it just like can't get a grip running down the, the hall. And it's like coming after him and he's like trying to put the key in and then finally like he gets in but it's like you keep thinking is he gonna make it is he gonna make it you know and then there and then towards the end of the movie he like he's always like he's this guy that like gets walked on all the time by everybody everybody just seems to like take advantage of him and and then by the end of the movie he's like starting to stand up for himself and he's finally had it with everybody and then even the dog so like when the dog's coming after him he's like he like points at him and says yeah, like he ain't taking it, and the dog just like backs up and goes away finally. But it's it. I think it's funny. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. And it's early '80s. I mean, like 1982. Like, and but it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't seem. I don't know. It just seems so, like it could be. It take place in any year. You know what I mean? It's like it's just. You know, it just seems kind of timeless. Although, you know, I mean, the whole hooker thing. You know, I mean, it's. You know, it, I think a lot of people, um, they 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 kind of connected to like risky business and stuff. Right. You know, like that whole like, you know, 
prostitution doesn't seem as uh as, as nasty as it does today <laughs> i guess i don't know you know it's like you know he actually he actually gets these girls benefits and, and he, they and he ends up like putting money into investments for him he he i think he was a, um like an accountant or something at, at one point and knew how to like take money and make it into more money and so that's like the whole purpose of like the whole entire uh movie is that he gets them out of being a prostitute and gets them into like um he buys the a restaurant for them to be partners in and and he gets them into doing something better with their life and it kind of has a, a like a better like a good a good ending like a happy ending to it and he yeah you know, yeah so anyway so okay what what what's your your tv show your uh i never heard of it either all right in 1984 a tv se- uh, series uh sprang out of nowhere okay and and it grabbed my attention big time. And I'm talking about the martial arts adventure series, The Master. John Peter McAllister, the only Occidental American ever to achieve the martial arts discipline of a ninja. Once part of a secret sect, he wanted to leave, but was marked for death by his fellow ninjas. Searching for a daughter he didn't know he had. Pursued by Okasa, once the master's student, now sworn to kill him. The master found a new student. That's me, Max Keller. But we knew Okasa would be behind us, in the shadows, ready to strike again. Like a lot of my shows that I remember so fondly, sadly, it only lasted one season. Right. <laughs> and, and it starred Lee Van Cleef. You know him? Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, he's an awesome, sure awesome familiar. action I'm sure. actor. Um, uh, he played in The Octagon. He was in Escape from New York, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. Ton- yes. Tons of Westerns yes. from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, I was going to say Good, Bad, and Ugly. I, I know right. from that. Mm-hmm. And it also starred uh, Timothy Van Patten. He was uh, okay. one of oh. Dick Van Patten's sons. Yeah. Okay. And it starred uh, Sho Kasugi, who played in just about every ninja movie ever made in the 80s. All right. He's, yeah. like, he's like the ninja of the 80s. And this was a, it was a ninja TV series. And Lee Van Cleef was the old ninja master who left Japan in search of his missing daughter who he believes is somewhere in the United States. And, um, and while searching for, he befriends a young man played by Timothy Van Patten. And uh, he, he joins him on his quest to find his daughter. And in fact, uh, Max is the Timothy Van Patten's name. And he has this van and he kind of like helps the old man out and they travel across the country in this van, kind of like Pamela Sue Martin and her Volkswagen uh, bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but they, they travel all over the country looking for uh the daughter and in exchange for max helping him the the old man's supposed to teach him to be a ninja okay yeah so uh so the whole series is about the two of them traveling the back roads of the united states in this old van and they're searching for this girl and along the way you know like all these other shows 
along the way, they help people in need that they encounter, you know, kind of like the Incredible Hulk, how he traveled around helping people. You know, a lot of shows had that same theme to it, you know. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the Hulk, he was traveling around and he was always searching for a cure. Yeah. Well, this, they're traveling around and they're searching for a daughter, you know, and they're helping everybody. And like yeah. the Hulk had that reporter chasing him. Yeah. Well, on the master, there was an evil ninja assassin chasing them. And that was who shows Kasugi played. His name was Okasa, but he was always hunting them down. Okay. And yeah. I remember uh, in the, the pilot episode, Demi Moore was in it before she was even famous. Oh, and, uh, I liked all the ninja fights and the ninja weapons in, in the series. Every episode, yeah. you know, I would just be waiting in every episode for Shokasugi to catch up to him so they'd have these uh, grand scale ninja fights complete with throwing stars, swords, smoke bombs, you know, backflips, the whole yeah. nine yards. So uh -huh. I mean, it, it was so a good action martial arts. Was he uh, like a, a, a real life pop ninja? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a real life pop he ninja. Was a, in, was fact, okay. in fact, we ought to have, a, a, we ought to create it right now, the Pop Ninja Awards. Yeah. And let's say, uh, Shokusugi is the is first that, Pop Ninja awardee. Inducted. How do you say his name? Shokusugi? Yeah, S-H-O. S-H-O, okay. Show. Okay, uh-huh. Kasugi. Maybe that's, our, maybe that's our little mascot's name. There you go. That's his name. You know, the little Pac-Man ninja dude. So let's make Shokusugi our, our, uh, our, <laughs> our first, first honorary Pop Ninja. Okay. He's our pop ninja. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I remember the ninja stuff because my brother used to have like the the little the stars and the the um nunchucks. Oh yeah. Yeah, he like yeah, like and they were real, you know, it's like yeah. and don't ask me why you can't give that stuff to kids, you know, to play with because it could have hurt someone, killed uh, them. Yeah, if I lived you in know? your town Critter and I would stay in trouble, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I had the nunchucks, he throwing stars. I, I had yeah. all that. Yep. Did you? Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah, I remember he had that stuff, and I'm thinking I don't even know where he got it. I don't know where you could <laughs> buy that stuff. Like, you would think it would be banned now, you know. It's like the kids would be taken into school and as actual weapons, you know. But yeah, I don't know what we did with it. I mean, I don't know how people didn't like knock their teeth out with it, you know, like a, a nunchuck, you know, swinging yeah. it around. I remember him doing it. I remember him being able to like fling it behind his like his back and like catch it and then you grab it and then you fling it the other way and then you do that whole like figure eight thing with it. Right. You know? Yeah. Could you do that? Yeah, I could do that with my daughter when she was little. <laughs> you didn't? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Poor girl. I swing her around like she was a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I used to do that with like flag twirling and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Mm -mm. So yeah, that sounds cool. Is it? Is it out on DVD or anything? Yeah, there? actually, it's on uh, Blu-ray. You can get the whole it, series, which really? you know, it's only one one season. But but yeah, you can well, get it on Blu-ray. That sounds cool. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like I have to get some of these things for Christmas presents for people because I don't know what to get my husband and son. They don't they have they don't ask for anything. It's like some of these shows might be up their alley, you know? Yeah. yeah. So get them yeah. get them the master on Blu-ray and a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right yeah one of them would seriously hurt somebody yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like themselves they'd hurt themselves yeah so okay it, it got, is that any any more you want to talk about with that i just wish it would have lasted more than one season of course 
Yeah. <laughs> of course, they never do. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised. My, let me talk about mine, my TV show, because yeah. it don't have, I should have actually put in um, Grizzly Adams with this because he was on the run tr- and, you know, for it first, but that's next time, you know, but he was, it would have been sort of similar because he was on the run and uh, for a murder he didn't commit and, and like hiding out in the woods, but doing good for other people too. So that would have been more along the lines than mine, but my TV show is uh, Silver Spoons and it was on from 1982 to 1986. It ran for five seasons. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. I don't know here's a fun here's a little fun fact um the opening screenshot of the stratton house it's a real tudor mansion that was used in the walt disney movie candle shoe oh yeah i saw candle shoe yeah i think yeah, i posted about house? watching it yeah that was used oh, that's in cool the, yeah yeah it's an old looking mansion yeah and it's like that's it that's it that um did you watch silver spoons do you remember it i do I, I the thing i remember most about it was that giant train set that he would ride yeah. down on yeah he's um um well he's like this overgrown like man child i guess i don't know his name's edward stratton he's like the the main character he owns um a toy company he's like a millionaire you know because um doing the toys who played that um um, oh i can't remember his 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 first name um um jonathan dole higgins that's close what was I calling him Jonathan Higgins? <laughs> that, that's, Higgins. Yeah. That's all <laughs> okay. <in PI. laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. But I'm like, what happened to him? You know, oh, he's 77 years old. He's still around. Yeah. But I never saw him in anything before or after this. But um, uh, Ricky Schroeder was his son on the show. And he played his, his, his name on the show was also Ricky, you know, and I think he was, he was, you know, early teens when he showed up, but the, but the whole, um, the whole premise of how he gets his kid is, I guess he, he was married young um, for like a week. And, um, you know, I guess they, she got a baby, you know, that he never even knew about. And then he's, he, you know, he's as the son, you know, you know, ages and is older, he shows up at his doorstep. And I guess he can't believe he's got a kid, you know, and because um, he said he wasn't married long enough to get one. And he, he said, doesn't take that long, you know, so I guess that's it, you know. And so um, he wants, I guess he comes to live with them. And he's like this little preppy, like kid that went to military school. And um, he seems more like an adult than the dad does. And I guess the dad needs to like, kind of grow up, you know, now that he's faced with being a dad, you know, so um, Aaron Gray. Yeah, one of, that's one of my old girlfriends. Yeah. Did you take her for coffee? yeah <laughs> okay yeah she was in uh, buck rogers yeah right. so but she plays kate his assistant and they kind of like each other um and there's like this tension you know between the two of them like are they you know going to get hook up or whatever but eventually i think in season three they end up getting married so it kind of reminds me of the movie the toy with richard right. Pryor. yeah That's what it, yeah and um 
Ricky's best friend is, Der is Derek, and he he's played by Jason Bateman. So I don't know if you remember that or not, but he was his best friend. I don't remember that. Yeah, and then like later in the show, Alfonso Ribeiro shows up and he becomes his friend <laughs> as he's older. But it went on like until he was getting, you know, pretty old. I think he maybe was maybe 13, 14 when it started and then it ran till he was probably out of, out of high school. I've always you know? liked Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. yeah. Did you see him uh, a couple of years back? He was on that Dolly Parton movie. Um, I, I knew he, he'd been in a couple things. I don't know if they were Hallmark movies or what they were. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that he was in something recently. Yeah. yeah. And then he was in, uh, Lonesome Dove. Yes. Old, older. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I forgot about that. Yeah. I've liked him a lot. Uh, what was that movie? We'll talk about on one episode where, where, uh, John Voight was the boxer. Wasn't it the champ with Ricky Schroeder? Yeah. Yeah. Headphones oh, that was like the place. first, first movie he was ever in. Yeah, he's a cute little kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, John Voight. Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. 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 The champ. I like that one. Yeah. I, I I knew, I just know of the movie. I don't know if I ever saw the movie, but yeah. Yeah, I saw that one in the theaters. I also saw uh, The Last Flight of Noah's Ark, and it, it had Ricky Schroeder. Yeah. I saw yeah. that at the theater. That was a good movie. Yeah. I have that yeah. one in the he, he he was he wasn't in a lot of stuff but like everybody seemed to know him i think he was in a lot of teen magazines back then you know that's more where you know people know him from or remember him because he wasn't in a lot of stuff you know but i like silver spoons and i like the theme song you know to the beginning and i liked like they would always have like um all these arcade games like pac-man you know yeah. in their house yeah. yeah that was cool yeah yeah it's like i want to live like that like i i think of that with I, did you ever see the movie the toy like yeah. the, that kid's got the best like bedroom ever yeah you know yeah it's like those kids in um escape to witch mountain i always loved they had an ice cream parlor in their bedroom <laughs> you know it's like that's the kind of um that's the kind of um you know i wanted to grow up and live like that which i sort of do <laughs> you know, so i have like uh, you know rooms with toys and stuff in them so yeah so but um yeah it was a cute it was a cute show and it's out on dvd i haven't seen it in a while but um, it, it's a it, it's a good show like that um, it was on for more than one season <laughs> you know? so it made it you know a few yeah he's um yeah Ricky Schroeder's 50 years old so um, he seems like he's he should be older than that to me because he's actually younger than me <laughs> so it's like wow you know so but um, yeah I, I mean it's a good one so I don't know if we're if people are going to go out and, and rent this stuff or watch this stuff, but I recommend it. So, so now what? You want to talk about some music? Yeah, why not? Okay, I want to talk about a band that started in the mid '60s in Illinois, and their name comes from an old 1915 truck model, and they named themselves after the make and model of this truck. And I'm talking about. The Ransom Eli Olds Wagon. Oh. Okay. Yeah. People called it the Speed Wagon. I mean, it's one of the like first trucks, 1915 truck. Okay. If you ever yeah. wondered where REO Speed Wagon got the Yeah, name. I wondered where the REO came from. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's what it stood for. Cool. But, uh, but they gained popularity in the 70s. And then, you know, in the 80s, they just exploded. They, I think in the 80s alone, they had like four top 40 songs on the charts. Thank you. 
They still tour. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Kevin Cronin still heads them up. Yeah, they, they came to Fort Polk where I work. Uh -huh. for one of our uh, our little events we put on for soldiers. We do some concerts and little festivals and stuff. And uh, they were one of the groups that performed. So I got to work with them there and uh, got to meet them all. And Oh, did you? Yeah, I stayed for the whole concert with my family. So When was that? Like how long oh, ago? Oh, wow. It's, it's been at least maybe seven, eight years ago. Yeah, you know... Uh, um, do you remember when I was going to do like a party here at my house and yes. invite all the people from the, that's when, um, and then it all fell apart and like nobody could come. And then I was like on a bummer. Well, then I had, I had actually seen it. There was an REO Speedwagon concert uh, coming, not like a couple hours away from me. And I was thinking it would have been cool if I could have got everybody and we could have gone to see that concert, you know? And then when it fell through, I thought the heck with everybody, I'm going by myself, <laughs> you know? So um, it's the first co concert I ever took my son to to see to see anybody because he loved REO Speedwagon you know so we went we yeah. went because of my, that. my daughter yeah. was there and, and her mom we had lawn chairs right up in front of the stage with, with yeah. several thousand soldiers all around us <laughs> we were up on the side of a mountain and and they did it outside um uh, like a, at an amphitheater on yeah, the mountain and it was like in the in the middle of summer it was beautiful it was like it was the most beautiful night it was like the sun was setting and like i i had forgot like some of their songs that they had done that i really liked but then i like kind of like you know once i saw them at concert it was like oh you know, I like in my dreams, you know, yeah. So, yeah. you know, Kevin Cronin's uh, voice has changed a lot, but but he can still hit yeah. those higher notes. Yeah, still he sounded still, really good. Got to be in his what late 60s, 70s. Got, yeah, got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always my favorite song was always uh, Can't Fight This Feeling. But but they had several good ones that I liked. Uh, I danced to I Can't Fight This Feeling with my high school boyfriend at the um, prom. Cool. I danced to that song. I, I remember that's the only song we danced to. But I like <laughs> you know, keep so. keep on loving you. Take it on the run yeah. is a good one. Um, I love time for me to fly. Yeah, that was good. And riding the storm out, which it's kind oh, of become yeah, a Southwest Louisiana anthem this year with mm -hmm. all these hurricanes, you know. But uh, um, yeah, um, and I, I like um, um, uh, that ain't love. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? That ain't love. It's like a it's like oh. a newer. Yeah, you I don't know, know that song. Yeah, yeah, and then I like I um, in your letter. Else. Oh, and don't let it go. Let don't let him go. Um, keep the fire burning. Yeah, you know what? I, I when I think of this um, that 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 concert, um, we had gone um, on this alpine slide. You know, like earlier before the concert in the in the afternoon and me and my son were like racing each other back and like it was like it's like a bobsled like almost like a like a roller like a um, roller coaster thing you know on a mountain I don't know if you ever heard seen one or if you know what I'm talking about 
but it's like you're on this thing and, it, and, and it's like a bobsled and you have like this um this lever and you control it and it goes fast and, and you pull it back and you and you can slow down well we went like on parallel like he was on one side and i was on the other and my son flew off of the he he hit it he braked halfway down the mountain and he flew off the um slide and oh he got like uh skinned up from head to toe and wow. they had to send my husband down behind him on another one of them things and pick him up. I jumped off of mine and got and moved my thing off of the Alpine slide so that nobody hit us. But they they saw they somebody saw it like with binoculars or something and sent somebody to help us. And then I, my son was just I, I it just it was so it was actually scary, you know. And then they're like and then we get down and my my husband come down and he sat him in his lap and then they went down down and they were saying, oh yeah, people do that all the time and end up missing ears and all kinds of stuff you know from doing that and I thought did my son really want to go then to the concert that night because he we had him wrapped up like a mummy you know mm. it's like and he said if you buy me an REO Speedwagon t-shirt <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you know and I'm like we'll get you a t-shirt I felt so bad you know because he was like I have pictures of him sitting on the bed and we give, gave him candy and stuff and he's like his because it was summertime so he had shorts on so his legs got all skinned up and his knees and his, his elbows, his face, his hands, everything. So every time I think of Aria Speedwagon, that's what I think of. It's like my poor kid, you know, it's yeah. like, it's a wonder he still has his ears left. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the concert was awesome. You know, it was our first concert, you know, so yeah, I never saw them in the eighties. Um, you know, so this was, this was, I think about 2005, probably when we saw him. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be like right around the time that we met on the Rewind because that, I think we were going to do the, no, it would have been 2004 because that's in the year we were going to do the party here. So yeah, so 16 years ago, but they're still, and they're still touring, you yeah, know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them around here. They come, they come around here quite a bit. So yeah, but I never got to meet any of them, but yeah they're awesome so my 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 band's uh def leopard were you a fan of them yeah i liked them they're all right my favorite but I, I liked them oh okay well i just dug out like all my lp records out of the attic like here not too long ago and and i found the pyromania album and i guess i you know 
they were more my brother's like favorite band. So like I had to hear them whether I wanted to or not, you know, like, because he was always playing like photograph and rock of ages and stuff. And, yeah. and he loved Joe Elliott, who was the, the lead uh, singer. And I remember buying him a, a, one of those shirts that had the British flag on it, that, that like Joe Elliott was kind of famous for wearing it. in like some of the videos, I think he had it on in the um, photograph video, I think. I'm pretty sure I, but he wore, I saw, I remember seeing him all the time and, you know, on TV with it on, it must've been like his um, trademark thing or something, but I just found that album and was listening to some of the other songs that weren't like that popular, but, um, but I love them. And, and the, and my new favorite song of theirs is coming under fire. I don't know if you know that song. Yeah. But if you don't know it, look it up and listen to it. Cause yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. And die hard the hunter. Love oh. that song. You know it? Uh, not sure. No? You don't know it? Oh. You know, well, I, I listened to and... them, but they weren't like one of my top bands, but I did listen yeah. to them. Well, they, they weren't either back then. Remember like uh, what, love, love Bites? Yeah. That's yeah, on. Um, bring I it on think Heartbreak. You bring it on the Heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I remember I, their comeback song in the late 80s was that uh, Pour, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Yeah, that was on the Hysteria album. Yeah, yeah. That was after um, after Pyromania. Yeah, it, that had Rocket on it and Animal and Pour Some Sugar on Me. Um, yeah, I remember back in the, in 1984, Rick Allen, he, he was their drummer. He was like injured in a uh, Corvette. Uh, cr- he crashed his car, his Corvette, and he lost his arm. And he wanted to stay um, as their drummer. So they designed a drum set that he could use with his just his feet and his one arm to do everything. Wow. I don't know if you remember that or not. No. I do not. Yeah, because I remember my Critter uh, loved them, and and he was so happy. Like when he he, he saw them uh, being able to still use him as the drummer. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, they're still touring too. So, I mean, I, they don't actually sound that great either. I think their voices have, you know, aged, you know, too. But, but yeah, I guess they everybody does, you know. So, but. Um, Oh, I thought you would like them. I thought they were more like a guy kind of like heavy metal hair. I band. liked them. I listened to them. It just wasn't, you know, one of my mm-hmm. very favorites, but I did. Yeah. Like- yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're on the lines of like uh, maybe winger and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, those, those bands. Yeah. The hair bands um, rat, you know, the Motley crew kind of in there. I don't know, like so, like Journey and Ario Speedwagon, those ones. They they they're a little more like, like not so, they're not so much the hair and you know they they're really, I don't know, like Steve Perry and Journey is just like one of the best singers ever. The other right. guys have like real rough, grovelly like voices and don't don't sing as well as some of the other like bands, like, um, you know, like even Survivor, you know, like that that, you know, that Jimmy jimmy that the, i looked him up and he and he died i, I felt so bad you know yeah. that was a bummer but uh okay no more Def leopard <laughs> <laughs> what, what uh what's your uh bonus what's your what do you want to talk about i want to talk about that super stretchy guy mr stretch armstrong yeah so in, you ever have one or i guess uh, critter, critter, had, my one? Bro- critter yeah. had one yes he bit holes in them yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in the 70s, uh, Kenner put out this action figure. It was about 13 inches tall, and it was uh, a muscle guy wearing just shorts. And uh, he was filled with this gel substance, and he was very 
elasticity or however you would say it yeah <laughs> and you can stretch his arms you can stretch his legs his torso yeah. you can stretch him what probably a few feet apart yeah and then when you let go he would slowly move back into his original shape and uh, yeah and they also they put out in the same line he had like a villain called stretch monster and they made a stretch octopus and uh they had they had a license agreement with marvel comics they did a stretch hulk Oh, I knew there were other ones besides him. Yeah. He wasn't based on a real person. I don't know. Oh, okay. I've never met a person that could stretch like that. <laughs> no, no. Well, it kind of looks like Sam Jones if you, if you look at his face. Yeah. Like he could have been based on um, a, a bodybuilder or something, you know. It was cool. I mean, it's kind of like that dude from the Fantastic Four that can you know stretch mr fantastic yeah 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 or, or, or plastic man you know but you, oh, can, yeah. you, can, I, you can stretch him out and uh i mean i, I play him all the time i make him fight that monster guy and you, you can like you know what do you know what he was him. filled with you know it is yeah it was like was, a weird like gel stuff yeah it's corn syrup really i know mm -hmm. if you go on uh youtube <laughs> there, there are several people who have uh youtube channels where they yeah they torture stretch armstrongs They'll oh. put them. They'll put them in blenders. They'll cut them with chainsaws. Uh, they blow them up with fireworks. Psychos. It's all yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, they. Well, they my love, brother did that to that. his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he used to bite holes in them. He like he and and then we put band aids on him because he would like be oozing out all of his, his stuff, you know. And it's like so. We our stretch Armstrong always had like ten band aids <laughs> on his arms and legs. Yeah. Like he'd been in a, uh, an accident of some sort. Yeah. It, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, big pop culture from the seventies. Uh, yeah, I love actually, post, I just posted a picture on my my Facebook page of my dad and my brother stretching him as far as they could, you know, to see how far they could stretch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah. It, I think he came out in like maybe 1976 or something like that like mid 70s yeah, yeah 76 by kenner mm -hmm. yep yeah yeah my my um my toy come out in 75 so we're on the the same same lines what you talking about that. willis which i'm talking about is uh the jaws game oh i remember that game yeah yeah which i love I jaws that up and oh my god like i had one and i wish i still had it because it was a pretty cool because it was it was it come out in 1975 and it was by ideal and it was a big plastic white uh white great white great white shark okay and it had all these little plastic pieces that um were like garbage you know like a right. can shoe and whatever and you um and its mouth it was held open by like some rubber bands and you piled all the garbage in its mouth and then you had like these little fishing poles and you have to hook a piece of the garbage on it and the, the whole object of the game was not have the jaws mouth shut you know shut on while you were taking your piece out right. so the more you took out like the lighter it got and then the, the easier it was to lose it you know so but i love that game and i remember you know I, I probably sold it i probably sold it in a yard sale or something but um i looked it up and i like to see like what they were selling for on like ebay and they were going for like 150 to like 200 dollars. yeah and i'm thinking i wish i would have kept it <laughs> you know I, so. I know somebody re redid it and put it out here within the last what five years or so i remember mm -hmm. seeing them at cracker barrel but i think they took the name jaws uh, off and it was just called like great white oh, there's like a shark something. game or something yeah but yeah. it looked just like it had all this, yeah, the same, but, same thing yeah but it wasn't it was jaws, more cool yeah. that it was the movie jaws right. you know because it had the picture on the box of the movie jaws yeah. with the girl and yeah yeah because that's when and see i the funny thing was is that um i was never allowed to see the movie 
you know, because like I remember my mom saw it and terrified her, and I think it was probably rated R back then. And it was, it was, yeah. I, I just remember my mom had the book, you know, the Jaws book. And I just remember the cover of that uh, book scared the heck out of me. And then so it's a wonder, like, I mean, the game actually scared me too, you know, <laughs> which, because you get like, um, like all freaked out, like it was going to, like, like, you know, bite you, you know, and it's like, so um yeah there was it was like uh it, it took some uh i mean it was nerve-wracking you know and i think about that because um I, i'm thinking about it now because like i remember when we got um the game operation for my son you know when he was younger and he hated it like because if you touch the sides it, it buzzed you you know and and i think that's how i was with jaws you know like like if it snapped shut and bit you it's like it freaked me out you know it's like uh, you know, I had a like love hate for the the game. I think, you know, thing going on, but because it was it's scary because it was a shark, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a plastic shark too that I remember we used to play in our pool with it, and it was like we played Jaws. Like this was, and we would we would turn our backs to like and fling the shark over our head and let it like um like sink down into the water, and then we'd have to like dive into the water and like go 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 find it like whoever found it first but for some reason i was always afraid to find it you know what i mean i was always afraid it was going to like become real and bite me <laughs> you know what i mean like as a kid you know you think about that like you, you know how things that you know could never hurt you you know would scare you you know what i mean it's like but you know that was i guess the fun of being a kid you know so so anyway um we're, are we done talking about our our, our games tonight? Want me to give the uh, give away the code word? Yeah, let's talk about the prize. Okay, the prize is one of our t-shirts, one of our Pop Ninja t-shirts, and the code word I say is Stretch Armstrong, because that is totally seventies, you know. So so send us a message, and uh, our code word is Stretch Armstrong, and you can win a, one of our t-shirts. Cool. Yeah. We want to thank all of our listeners. And as we head into December and the Christmas season, our next couple of shows will deal with that. Next Wednesday, we will have a special guest on the show, Mr. Dick Atkins, who was a TV movie producer and writer and more in the 70s and 80s. And he, he produced an 80s TV movie called The Gift of Love, A Christmas Story, starring uh, Lee Remick and Angela Lansbury. And we'll be talking to him about the production of that movie and what it was like being a producer in the eighties. So um, we had, we had a, a fun chat with them and I think you'll enjoy that episode very much. So look for it next, this coming uh, Wednesday. And as we sign off of this episode, I want to leave you with this final thought. Full of fear, look at his dog.